This episode of the Cut the Crap Show as part of the Resilience Prescription is brought to you by Get Abstract. Go to getab.li slash rrx to get a whole host of summaries. When I mean host, I mean 20,000 different summaries you have access to. Now, I know early on when I first started the show, you all enjoyed me putting together the mind maps, the PDF summaries of each book that I was doing. And I don't do that anymore. And I don't do that anymore because I got Get Abstract who does it for me. And in fact, they did today's episode where we're talking to Scott Eblen about his book, Overworked and Overwhelmed. They got that summary on Get Abstract. So go to getab.li slash rrx. Again, it's G-E-T-A-B dot L-I slash rrx. When you go there, you'll be able to sign up for a free three-day trial. I'm also working with Get Abstract right now to go ahead and get you some free summaries to some of the episodes that I'm working on. So I'm working for you guys. I'm working for you. But in any case, go to getab.li slash rrx. They're a great company, and they will absolutely be a great compliment to this podcast. Throw me in your phone, 1-917-540-8169. But when you text me, I want to know something. Two things. I want to know your top golden nugget that you took away from today's episode. That's the first thing. The second thing I want to hear from you is tell me what a setback was that happened to you in your life. What was a negative event that happened to you in your life, but you were able to extract, take away the setup. You were able to find a setup from the setback. I want to hear that story too. So please throw me a text message. 1-917-540-8169. Answer one or both of those questions. Can't wait to hear from you. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Cut the Crap Show as part of the Resilience Prescription. This is your first time here. Welcome. My name is Ryan Caligiuri, and uh, it's my goal every single week just to condense books down to a handful of golden nuggets to make it easier for you to learn, make it easy for you to build your resilience in these stressful times. And I don't mean right now. We're always through stressful times. From the dawn of existence to today, we're always going to face stress, and we need to get better at managing it. In my opinion, resilience is something that you learn to develop. And so a part of this show, part of the Cut the Crap show, is designed to help you build your resilience. And this week, we're talking to author Scott Eblen, his book, Overworked and Overwhelmed, The Mindfulness Alternative. So take a wild guess about what we're going to be talking about today on the book. Obviously, mindfulness. Mindfulness is one of those terms that I think when you hear it, You may not know exactly what it is. You may roll your eyes at it. You may even think it's fluffy. You may think that it's just a term that maybe soft people use to find some sort of relaxation in their day. Hey, if that's what you think, right on. That's cool. I'm just going to say that you probably need to be challenged to learn a little bit more about what mindfulness is and how to use it to build resilience. So that's what today's episode is all about. And Scott brings on a number of different aspects that he brings and talks about with his book. One thing I love in particular was the Life GPS. I've heard a lot about the Life GPS, so I was really excited for him to break into that as well. But I'm not going to give you a lot of golden nuggets from this. I'll wait for Scott to do it. So without further ado, enough jibber-jabber. Let's crack right into this one. This one is Overworked and Overwhelmed, The Mindfulness Alternative by Scott Eblen. I'll catch you back here at the end of the episode. Enjoy. Scott, how you doing, my friend? Doing great, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing very well, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And this book comes uh, recommended by a lot of our listeners who read your book and found it was very interesting and very timely for them. This mm-hmm. idea of mindfulness is something that we're hearing a lot about today, but we don't 
quite know what mindfulness is. We get a little bit confused by it. So hopefully, by the end of this episode, we'll have a little bit more clarity on that. But before we kick into the episode, for people who don't know you, or people who haven't read your book yet, give us a quick introduction into who you are, what you do, and why you wrote this book in the first place. Yeah, so I'm a leadership coach who uh, supports executives and other leaders on the, making the connection between living at their best and leading at their best. And I really believe to lead at your best, you, you do have to live at your best. It starts with that. And uh, I used to be a corporate executive myself uh, years ago now, I've been coaching for about 20 years. And, you know, I, I've seen a couple of things over the years in terms of big themes. One is there's a big opportunity for executives to pick up some new skills and behaviors and mindsets uh, while they're letting go of others. <laughs> You know, that no longer serve them as the situation changes or their jobs get bigger or the results expectations are different. And then the other thing I started noticing um, probably 10 years ago now, but I think it's gotten more pronounced year over year is it's like the title of the book. You know, a lot of folks are just overworked and overwhelmed and they end up in a chronic state of fight or flight. And so I'd, I'd written one book already called The Next Level. Uh, which a lot of people uh, probably know me for. Mm -hmm. And that book came out first and that was all about the picking up and letting go. But I realized I needed to go deeper on the self-management piece of it and, and dealing with this fight or flight condition that so many of the folks that I worked with were in on a chronic kind of basis. And so that led to writing Overworked and Overwhelmed. It's such a dangerous, very insidious position that we put ourselves in on a regular basis where we are just used to living our lives this way. And I say it's insidious because it is. You don't realize the damage it's doing to you. You just think it's this is the way that it should be and this is the new level of normal. It mm -hmm. shouldn't be that way. And if yeah. we accept it as such, we slowly start to chip away at our resilience, at our level of calm, at our mental health. And this is why we have so many problems today. So I think we're just constantly in this state of fight or flight. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go along in the interview. But I'd love to first kick things off with golden nugget number one and help everybody out there and cut the crap podcast nation. For all of you who don't know what mindfulness is, you might have heard of it. You might have read a little bit about it, but you don't quite understand it. Um, maybe Scott, introduce us into that. What yeah. is mindfulness and how do we cultivate it? So it depends on who you ask. I'll tell you how I define it. Um, it really comes down to two words for me. Uh, and the words are awareness and intention. Mm -hmm. And the awareness, I think, really is in two domains, extrinsic and intrinsic. I want to be, I think, first aware of what's going on around me, you know, and uh, there's, you know, every year, it just, there's more and more input, you know, in, in, in our lives and coming from so many different sources and it never stops really. And so all of the stuff going on around us can trigger uh, reactions or ideally responses inside of us physiologically, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally. And so that's the second domain of awareness is that intrinsic awareness and understanding and paying attention to the connection between what's going on out there in the external world and what's going on in here in my internal reaction and responses to what's going on around me. So that's the awareness piece. And then once I'm aware and I understand what's going on and the triggers and the impact that's having on me, then I can be intentional and intentional about what I'm going to 
on the one hand do next and then maybe more importantly what I'm not going to do next you know and making some informed choices that are grounded in what am I trying to do and how do I need to show up to be effective in this situation uh, and the, what am I trying to do is both a micro in this moment kind of question and it's a macro in this life kind of question. Mm. What, in your opinion, are some of the barriers to us achieving mindfulness today? Why is it so hard for us to achieve mindfulness today? Yeah, I think a couple of big reasons. One, I just mentioned, there's just so much going on around us, you know, and you and I are talking during uh, the peak of the pandemic, so we're all staying at home and nobody's traveling anymore, but Mm -hmm. I used to travel a ton, you know, and I I was always struck, you know, these 25, 30 trips a year that I would do. You couldn't be anywhere in the world without seeing a flat screen TV that had a Chiron that said breaking news. (laughs) There's there's always breaking news, right? And it's just, I think that's just indicative of all this, all the app, all the input, you know, that's out there and whether it's coming through our phone or this flat screen mm-hmm. that we're surrounding us and all that. Mm-hmm. So I think that that makes it challenging, right? It's just like input overload. I think the, the other big reason it kind of relates to that, it's just the way we're designed as human beings. You know, I, a lot of your listeners have probably heard of the amygdala mm-hmm. and maybe they've heard of the hypothalamus, two parts mm-hmm. of your brain that work together as a threat assessment center. And they're constantly scanning the input through the nose, the eyes, the ears. And every few seconds, am I in danger? Am I in danger? Am I in danger? And if I'm in danger, like like literally physically in danger, that triggers the fight or flight response. Um, but all of that input that surrounds us and all the commitments and things that we're trying to keep up with, um, that also has an impact on the threat assessment center, right? And mm-hmm. so it can lead us into this chronic condition of fight or flight that can be really dangerous. Absolutely. It's a great segue into our next golden nugget, golden nugget number two, fight, flight, rest, and digest. Now, this golden nugget really touches on the sympathetic nervous system and the dangers of staying in that fight or flight stressful state. Talk to us about this one. Yeah, sure. So I, I first... Uh, heard the term rest and digest from an author named Rick Hansen and all uh, Buddha's brain and many other great books that I, people should check out. But um, I'll talk a little bit about fight or flight first. So like I just said, Mm -hmm. fight or flight, you know, is acute fight or flight is when our body senses that we're in danger, our brain senses are in danger and we either fight or we flee. Right. And as you said, Ryan, that's the sympathetic nervous system kicking into gear And so systems in our body both elevate and de-elevate when we're in fight or flight, whether it's acute or chronic, I'll get the chronic in a second, but like systems like blood pressure and stress hormones like adrenaline and cortisol and blood clotting all elevate in fight or flight and systems like our digestive system and our immune response and our growth and sex hormones all drop in fight or flight. And there are when we stay in chronic fight or flight, like because of all this input that we're dealing with and all the just everyday stress of modern life, the health effects of that are like ginormous. Uh, you know, the blood pressure leads to heart disease, the stress hormones leads to anxiety and irritability and insomnia and weight gain, the blood uh, clotting leads to strokes and heart attacks, mm-hmm. the immune system, you get sick and you get COVID, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it just goes on and on, right? 
And so we want to get out of that. I mean, and, and that's where the rest and digest comes in. And that's the body's parasympathetic nervous system. And one way to think about it is fight or flight is your body's gas pedal and rest is, and digest is your body's braking system. They're designed to work together in what scientists call homeostasis. It's a homeostatic balance. And the really interesting thing is while you can't really actively choose to activate your fight or flight response, that just sort of happens to the autonomic nervous system, you can choose to activate your rest and digest response, your braking system. Uh, and I teach my clients and my readers a lot of different techniques for how to do that that we'll, you and I will probably talk about. But you want to make sure you're activating your braking system throughout the day. I'm not saying don't use the gas. Definitely use the gas but you wouldn't drive a car and only use the gas. You, you've got to use the brakes to, to, right. to be safe and get, get where you're going. You know, I've, I've read a number of different studies and um, anecdotal and, and peer reviewed as well, where we as human beings, we're not designed to go hard all the time, yeah. but we get used to just constantly being in this go, go, go mentality. And it's slowly killing us in ways that we don't even say that word that I continue to use. It's such a, an important word and we got to use it on a regular basis. Cut the crap podcast nation insidious because you don't realize what these behaviors are doing to how you feel, how you think, how it's contributing to your overall health. And by continuously being in this turned on state, you're continuing to break down your body, your mind. And if we don't pause, we'll never be able to, we'll never have a chance to heal, to rest, to recover, to recoup. I, that's totally true. I mean, what I think about when you, when you describe it that way is the old thing about how do you boil a frog, you know, because if you turn it up, if you drop the, the frog in the boiling water, it's going to jump out, but you boil the frog by gradually turning the temperature up, right? And that's right. I think that's, that's a really great analogy for what you're talking about because we kind of get into this mode and it gets turned up and turned up and turned up to the point where we have a breakdown and we didn't even see it coming. That's exactly right. Very worrisome because it's happening all around us. And I'll tell you right now, like being vulnerable, it's happened to me, man, you know, oh, yeah. constantly go, 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 go. And um, never taking a break. And my immune system took a beating and it took me getting sick. It took me losing my health for me to learn that lesson. And that's the worst part of it. Why do we have to wait for us to lose things like our health, like people around us before we learn to take a pause? You need to learn to take a pause. And I hope, Cut the Crap Podcast Nation, as you listen to this, that you're using this as a warning sign, as something that is telling you right now a trigger to say, hey, maybe I need to be taking a pause. But if you don't know how to take a pause or if you need some help as you take that pause, going into this next golden nugget might help you. Golden nugget number three. Talk to us, Scott, about life GPS and why is this so important for us to use to help us reach a higher level of performance as well? Yeah, so the life GPS is a one pager uh, that my wife and I developed for ourselves, actually, you know, when our kids were little and life was crazy and, you know, we we're trying to cover a couple of jobs and a couple of kids. And, you know, we were, we were both big fans of the seven habits of highly effective people mm -hmm. by Stephen Covey. Great book, still love that book. But I, I read that book again and again, and I could never really figure out like, how do you operationalize this? And so we, we talked about that for a couple of months back then and came up with this one pager called the Life GPS. And it really comes down to three questions that you ask and answer for yourself. And then you've got on one page, a reference point that uh, is super helpful. And so the questions are, how am I when I'm at my best? You know, what are the words or short phrases that describe me when I'm really in the zone, in my sweet spot? 
in flow, you know, like what are the words that describe me when I'm really at my best? The next big question is what are the routines in four domains, physical, mental, relational, and spiritual, that if I hadn't had them in my life or incorporated them in my life <clears throat> would make it more likely that I live and lead at my best. Mm -hmm. And the third big question is if I'm doing that, if I'm living and leading at my best more or less consistently, what outcomes would I hope or expect to see in three big arenas of life, my life at home, my life at work, and my life in my community, however mm -hmm. I define community. And so when you get that down on one page, you know, I, everybody's familiar with Google Maps or Waze or those, you know, when you, when you use Google Maps, you enter the name of a location or a street address, and there's a latitude and a longitude associated with that location to a very precise level. And those 24 satellites up there in geosynchronous orbit in the GPS system calibrate through the magic of science and technology back and forth against your phone. And your Google Maps is constantly adjusting your route to eventually get you where you want to go. And a life GPS is a much lower tech version of that, you know, kind of in the big picture sense, because if I understand how I am at my best, I can ask myself, how am I doing today? How am I doing this week? Mm -hmm. Am I on track or not on track, on course, not on course? If I'm not, what do I need to adjust in terms of my routines? Or what am I noticing around the outcomes that I'm generating in my life? Are they what I thought they would be or hope they would be? And if they are great, what do I need to double down on if they're not? That's good to know. What do I need to adjust? And so I write about this extensively in Overworked and Overwhelmed and a little bit in the next level as well. And we've shared it with probably tens of thousands of people at this point over the last 15 years. And I've heard, you know, pretty great stories over the years about how it's been helpful to people. Listen, it's a great tool. And it's one of those tools that after I read your book, um, I'm going to put into practice. And the folks who messaged me and told me to look at your book, when I sent out a survey about, um, about a year and a half ago, asking people what books they wanted me to cover off on the show, and this is one of them. And when I ask what book and why, the Life GPS was the number one reason why. Oh, that's really cool. Great yeah, it is cool because it's, it's obviously showing that the tool works. And when it works, people are finding results. When they find results, they want to share it with others. So I'm glad that we had an opportunity to talk about that and cut the crap podcast nation. Do some research into the life GPS. Try and test it out. That's the thing I always say. Not everything will work for you. Probably some of you are going to try life GPS. It's not going to work for you. But guess what? It's going to work for a lot of you. Keep an open mind and test out different strategies that will help you hit new levels of performance in your life. And life GPS to me is one of those, uh, one of those great tools that we should all be leveraging. So let's go on to the golden nugget number four, setting routines for mind and body. Now, in the book, you say that effective time management fuels mindfulness. So tell us why that is and perhaps give us a tip or two in terms of how we can better manage our time. Yeah, I, when I was writing Overworked and Overwhelmed, I, I wanted to bring my own perspective and, and the perspective that I'd had from working with you know, lots and lots of different uh, clients in the leadership space. But I also wanted to bring perspective from recognized leaders that, and other notable folks that I hadn't necessarily worked with, but I really admired. And I, I thought of them as mindful leaders in the, in the, using the definition of mindfulness that I use. So I had the opportunity to interview probably 40 different people from all walks of life, some fairly notable people like the CEO of Hilton, um, mm. A guy named uh, Brian Halligan that runs a great company called HubSpot, uh, mm -hmm. former Coast Guard Commandant Thad Allen, 
and uh, another a, a lot of really one, uh, just super impressive mm -hmm. uh, women business executives from different companies and and so and I, the question I was asked, the questions I were asking was like, basically, how do you think of yourself at your best and what are you doing and so forth? And what I noticed in all of the interviews really was all those people had two things in common. They had a common belief and a common commitment. And, and I ended up having to write another chapter to the book that I didn't plan to write just to mm -hmm. kind of unpack that. The, the common belief was, and you could fill in the sentence for me, uh, the only person who's going to take care of me is... <laughs> it's got to be me, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so then the common commitment, I'm going to make sure I get at least a little bit of what I need every day in these different domains, physical, mental, relational, spiritual, to make sure I take care of myself and that I, that I live and lead at my best. And so they had different time management hacks that they shared with me. Um, one that I learned from Chris Nassetta, uh, uh, CEO of Hilton, uh, was about boundaries and guardrails. And uh, one question, two questions about boundaries uh, for your listeners. One is, do you have any? And, and question number two is, if you have any, did it, does anybody else know what they are? And what I see a lot, especially in the age that we live in, where it's so easy to work 24 seven and to constantly be going like you're talking about, people have let go of their boundaries. You know, even during this COVID period that we're in right now and everybody's working from home and on Zoom, I'm, my clients are working longer and harder than they've ever worked mm -hmm. uh, because they're in their home office by 7.30 in the morning to cover the opposite coast or somebody overseas. And they're in their office until six or 6.30 at night and they get up maybe a couple of times a day to go to the bathroom and that's it. And they eat mm -hmm. lunch if they eat at their desk and they've let go of their boundaries. Right, and they, they've let go of what enables them to take care of themselves. And so that's thing one. Uh, another would be from Commod uh, Admiral Allen, the, commandant of the former commandant of the Coast Guard. He talked to me about the tyranny of the present. And I said, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, it's all of the incoming, you know, and mainly the, the incoming through emails and meeting requests. And he said, I always viewed that as like a poker game. And mm -hmm. if you're playing poker, You've got to put stakes in to stay in the game, but you don't want to put in any more than you need to to stay in the game. <laughs> you want nice. to keep your stakes low. And so that's how I think about it is I put in just enough on all the tyranny of the present input to stay in the game, but I don't overcommit on that. And there's a lot of stuff mm -hmm. I just ignore or that I say no to. And he was not an inbox zero kind of guy, mm -hmm. you know, because that just wasn't, that wasn't his goal. His goal was to get meaningful stuff done and getting his inbox down to zero wasn't on the list. Mm. All great tips. And the one thing I'll, I'll say is it's, we always have to find what works for us. And that's the thing with me. I, I find time management is such, it's, it's so complicated because what works for one person will not work for another. We're all designed differently. Our businesses are all different. The demands on us are all different. Our roles, our positions, everything. It's so different. So the one thing I'll say is, just surround yourself with people who are doing things effectively and efficiently and see what you can learn from them. So those tips that you gave us, absolutely valuable. And they might be able to help somebody out there. Might be able to help you out there. Listen to this right now. Uh, another recommendation I'd say is go back to episode 119 of the Cut the Crap Show. You can listen to uh, 15 Secrets Successful People Know About Time Management. That was uh, featuring uh, Kevin Cruz. And uh, that was probably one of our most uh, popular videos put out on YouTube. I think we're at like 
3 million views on that one right now. And uh, there's just so much, so much out there. And the one piece of feedback that I got from people who, who listened to that episode and read that book was that, yeah, a lot of these work, but a lot of them don't work for me. And I said, that's great. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a catch all. It's not all supposed to work for you. Like it doesn't work that way. So nitpick, find what works for you leverage it and use it to your advantage. So those are all great techniques, my friend. I'm glad you were able to share a few of those with us here today. So as we wrap this interview up, we have the last golden nugget here. And I really wanted to end off on this one because I, I believe this is very important. And in today's age, we are sinking into, and I say sinking on purpose because we're sinking into this, this isolation, this period of isolation that we're all in right now because of COVID, I think is having a tremendous uh, impact. And by tremendous, I mean that in the negative sense on our, on our mental state. Mm -hmm. Golden nugget number five says you need to build strong relationships. And when I read that in the book, I was like, yes, that's exactly what you have to say. Um, Johan Hari wrote a great book called Lost Connections and has a lot of statistics to back up and show that uh, contributing factor to the high levels of depression, anxiety, stress, and suicide today is our lack of connection with others and how we've forgotten how to build relationships and how we don't prioritize building relationships. And today we're more happy being lone wolves than we are being a part of a tribe. Mm -hmm. So when your interactions with others suffer, and this is from the book, when your interactions with others suffer because you're not fully present, your work also suffers, your health declines, and your humanity wanes. Talk to us about this one. Yeah, so you know, I think you can look at it from both a utilitarian and a humanitarian point of view, right? The utilitarian point of view is that if you wanna get results over the long run, I think experience shows and probably the research shows that you have to build strong relationships if you want to get good results. And so if, if all you can, you know, if all you care about is getting results, relationships are important to that. Mm -hmm. That's the utilitarian point of view. If you want to take a more humanistic or humanitarian point of view, um, relationships make life richer and they also make life longer. <laughs> There's a That's ton true. of research that shows that people that have strong uh, a meta-analysis, I don't remember which university it's from, it's in the book. There's a meta-analysis that shows that people that have strong relational ties in their life are 50% more likely to be alive seven years from whenever you start the measurement period. Mm -hmm. um, there's other more recent research out of UCLA, uh, a researcher named Steve Cole that demonstrates that, as you suggested, Ryan, that strong relationships strengthen the immune system. Mm -hmm. So in the age of COVID, that's like kind of important to have a nice healthy <laughs> immune system. And it, it activates, the, it, it helps plays a part in activating the braking system and getting everything back in a good place, you know, the getting the stress hormones in a healthy place and the blood pressure in a healthy place and getting the immune system in a healthy place and, and everything else, right? And so it's super important. And I talk about in, in overworked and overwhelmed, I, I'm trying to offer in each of those domains, routines, physical, mental, relational, and spiritual, what I call the killer app. If you're only going to do one thing, this is probably the best place to start. And the killer app for relational routines is listening. And because pretty much any relational routine that you can think of, whether it's reading to your kids at night or family dinners or taking a walk with your partner or going out to lunch with your friends or whatever, get, doing a Zoom cocktail party, you know, in this era, <laughs> uh, it involves listening, right? And I, I talk in the book, I think there are three kinds of listening. 
the first kind none of us need to practice. It's transient listening, and we're, we're we're listening, but we're not really listening. You know, we're our mind is someplace else, and we're maybe even literally on our way to someplace else. Then there's transactional listening, which is listening in the service of solving a problem or identifying a next step. And it's very practical, it's very utilitarian, it's very much oriented to getting results, and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you stop there and you don't engage in the in the third kind, transformational listening, which is listening with no other agenda than to learn and connect, um, then you're you're missing it. You know, you're missing so much of what's rich about life, and you're missing the opportunity for for deeper relationships that will serve you well professionally, but also enrich your life personally. And um, the other cool thing, just from a physiological standpoint, is you get a nice little dose of oxytocin, which is the neurochemical of connection. And uh, I think in this COVID age, we're we're missing a lot of that, right? You know, and um, so being mindful of that, being aware of the opportunities that do present themselves to connect and intentional about following through on those, I think is a really important thing to be paying attention to right now while we're all working from home. Completely agree, my friend. It's a great, uh, great reminder for all of us. I love the the golden nuggets and the tips around listening. Uh, I think that's, again, a skill that we have to learn how to do. And I'm glad that you took some time out to share with us how to listen effectively. And again, ending off with this golden nugget of building strong relationships. I understand that today, you know, it's it's easier to build relationships because you have online we have access to social media. We're all online with this Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, and you're building these online relationships. But I'm telling you, there is nothing better than face-to-face connection, handshakes, hugs, face-to-face communication. We cannot forget that part of us. That is something deep within our own DNA, our makeup that needs that, that yearns for that. And we cannot look at social media as a replacement for that. That's not an old school way of thinking. And for our young listeners out there, our Gen Zers who are listening, say, come on, Caligari, that's old school, man. Get out of here. No, no, we can't forget who we are and where we come from, right? We are descendants of, 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 of monkeys and apes, and we require this connection with individuals, these relationships, um, in order for us to truly be happy and feel connected in this world. If I could just throw in one one point on social media, Ryan, I think if you think about most of the content on social media, it's probably either transient or transactional. Mm. There's very little transformational exchange in social media. And we, as you suggest, we absolutely need that as human beings. So there's lots of ways to get it, but it's probably not gonna be on Instagram or Twitter. Oh yeah, man. That's a great point. I'm glad you added that one in there. Cause again, it's, it is important. We, we have been so focused on this new mode of communication, but I think that technology is moving a little faster than we're able to adapt to. And that's a big part of why we're seeing so much anxiety and so much stress related to, to social media. We hear so much pe- or so many people today talking about, I'm taking a little detox from social media. Why do we hear this so much? And why mm-hmm. are we hearing more and more of this? It's because it's not fulfilling for us. We need to get back to the basics of building strong relationships. That, my friends, is overworked and overwhelmed. The Mindfulness Alternative by my friend Scott Eblen. Scott, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Right, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey, for anyone who wants to connect with you or see what else you're doing, how can they go about doing that? 
Uh, check me out at Evelyn Group, E-B as in boy, L-I-N group.com. And that's our website. And I'm on, uh, I do a lot on LinkedIn. That's where I, I, we do a blog every week on the, on the website and run that on, on LinkedIn and some other places. So beautiful. I uh, would love to be connected with you. So uh, check it out. Online. Excellent. Get out there, get out there, go on his website and absolutely connect him on LinkedIn. Again, Scott, thank you so much for making time for us. Orion, thanks. My pleasure. Right, there we have it. That is Overworked and Overwhelmed, The Mindfulness Alternative by Scott Eblen. Now, like I said at the very beginning, if you enjoyed this episode, then you can go ahead and get the free PDF summary by going to getab.li slash rrx. Get Abstract has over 20,000 different titles, and they got the summary for this book. So if you want the PDF summary to go along with this episode, then please go to getab.li slash rrx. Also, don't forget, I want to hear your top golden nugget from this episode. Did you have a top golden nugget? Did you not have a top golden nugget? I want to hear from you. 1-917-540-8169. I'm moving away from email, and I'm moving more towards text. I want you to text me instead of emailing me. Any thoughts you have on the show, anything that you want to improve, anything that you like or don't like, if you just want to give me some kudos, throw me a text message. But above all else, I want to hear your setup. A big philosophy of mine as part of Create Your 8 is to always find setups from the setbacks. So I want to hear about a setback that happened in your life and the setup that you found from that setback. Those stories are like fuel for me. And the more that I hear it, the more I can share it. And if you share a story with me, hell, I might even want to bring you on the show to talk about that story. If it inspires other people to look for setups, if it inspires people with hope, with optimism, with resilience, want to hear that story. So send me that text message, 1-917-540-8169. Cannot wait to hear from you. All right, my friends, that is a wrap for today. So again, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of the Cut the Crap Show. Catch you back here next week. We have some brand new golden nuggets, brand new books, an interview with an author. Of course, every single week, all I'm trying to do is save you a little bit of time and bring you some information that can spark change and resilience in your life. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. I love you all.